0: This is Marisa Brown, Senior Principal Research Lead for Supply Chain Management at APQC. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to APQC Podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Today, I'm here with Showbit, co-founder of Minoan and founder of Shift Labs and retail analytics expert, to talk about what supply chain professionals need to know about retail data. Welcome to the podcast, Shobit.
1: Thank you, Marisa. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me here.
0: Absolutely. So we know that retail data is a crucial input for our supply chain professionals as they're working to deal with all the challenges that are facing them today and plan for the challenges and opportunities of tomorrow. But there's always been a lot of factors that can get in the way of people's ability to access this data and determine whether it's trustworthy and then turn it into actionable insights, especially at the speed that organizations need. And that's why I'm so happy to have you on today's show, but to offer some helpful guidance on this very important issue.
1: Awesome. Well, you did touch upon on all the good points there. I think like the topics that you mentioned are something that people, at least in today's time, do not try to focus because everyone wants to go after AI and machine learning and stuff. Uh-huh. But the reality is, like eighty to eighty-five percent of organizations, maybe ninety percent of organizations, especially in the retail world, does not even have the data put together in a place so they can they can generate like
0: you know reliable
1: insights. Forget about okay. actionable insights, um, and that's the topic which which I've seen people facing issue whether when, at my time at Walmart or, you know, working at Petco or, or different things. And we, and we did solve for those things and uh, solving for these things help both the company as well as the, uh, across the different domain, whether it's supply chain, marketing, pricing, et cetera, because they all are connected, right? Uh, yeah. Gone are the days when you can look at them in silos. So you can't just look into supply chain data and see if I can optimize it. You need to take into account your marketing data as well. You need to take into account your pricing data, your sales data, and then combine them. So whenever, you know, uh, Marisa is asking for a particular data points, she can, she would be finding the same answer that someone else in the company would be uh, looking to get the same question. Instead of you finding an answer A because of the way you pull the data Mm -hmm. and Shopit is finding answer B. Because of the way I pull the data and we both think we are right. And we both go ahead and take the decision and, and move forward based on that insight. But then later on we realized, oh, well, we did we did just like we did not know if the numbers we were pulling were right or not. And that leads to people not trusting the data and that leads to people falling their gut again, which I have seen happening again and again, especially in the supply chain and merchandising thing, because people have been in the industry for such a long time that they They do trust the data, but at the same time, they feel like, I know what I'm doing. I've been doing it for a long time. So let me just do my job. Um, So yeah, solving for these things are really, really important.
0: Absolutely. And it is hard to sometimes get past the gut instinct in a lot of these cases. So let's start with the problems. What do you see as the top three red flags that would show that something's wrong with an organization's retail data or rather how they're using that data?
1: I would say, forget about talk, I'll I'll just talk about the one main issue is like if you're pulling the same number and every time you're pulling the same number, the answers you're getting to is five different answers. That means your data is not trustworthy. And that foundation is something that all the retail companies have to solve for before they leave fog and enter into the world of AI and machine learning. Having said that, I'm not saying don't work towards that. You still, we still have to make sure our, our customer search is much more, uh, you know, relevant than they it used to be. Our supply chain optimization systems are much more reliable than they used to be. But before that, uh, we need to build this single view of data across a different part of the company. Like we we did this something called data Mars when I was working for uh, uh, Jet.com, which is an e-commerce startup back in New York. I was the second data hire on the team. Uh, so pretty much build the entire data analytics team working with my manager there. So the pain point we realized, especially after we got acquired by Walmart, that we were a small companies, but we followed these principles about building the single source of uh, truth for each data set. It was very easy for us to find insight, a find answer to any question. Whereas in the Walmart world, they have hundred x sign of the people that we had, but even then, getting to the same answer or trying to find the same insight from the data set took them at least 20 times more time than it was taking for us because they just had like too much data. You know, world moved from small data to big data and everyone is trying to acquire as much data as they can without knowing what to do with that or how to put it into more structured formats so people can start like leveraging it. So that's the first big red flag I see. If if you're not able to, if three people in the company not able to get to the same answer uh, for the same question using the data. If the answers are different, then then you have failed as a, as a data organization in the company.
0: Makes a lot of sense. So to get this single view of the data, and this one truth, one version of the truth, what are some best practices that you can offer for whether it's capturing, storing, or sharing that data?
1: 100%. So I think... Uh, we need to follow a little bit of old school methodology in that. So first thing, even before you worry about, first, capture everything. The reason why I say this is like, we're living in a world where, you know, the storage power in the cloud is very, very cheap. We don't have to build like huge data center, worry about the cost there. Cost is still there, but like think about Snowflake cost or, you know, uh, Azure or like you're building on Redshift. It's very, very minimal. So it's important to capture whatever data you're capturing. But you need to involve the, the, like the analytics teams within the company have to work as a more of a stakeholder rather than being the, com- you know, being the teams who were just like asked about pulling the number after everything was done. So it's more about involving data people before you start planning or launching anything, because then those people can work with you and figure out what are we trying to accomplish? For example, like you, know, you launch uh, a new like, you know, distribution center, say in the middle of Texas, right? And now you're trying to say, what's like, how much money I'm going to be making because of that, how much money I'm going to be losing because of that. So involving data team beforehand, so you can figure out the KPIs, like the right indication, like right KPI that would help us determine the success or failure of that initiative would be crucial. And then that team, uh, and so that's something what we do at Ship Labs, we work with our clients and we we, uh, help them understand the KPIs that they need to measure in order to measure success. And then we work with the product team, the tech team on their side to capture that data. But even if you don't involve data team in the first hand, sometimes you just don't have the luxury of doing it because you don't have big tech data team, right? So it's important to capture all the data. Once you have captured all the data, then going back to the drawing board, working with the different stakeholders, about how, what success looks like to them and what success looks like to uh, the different teams, whether so it's finance, supply chain, analytics team, and then building these uh these tables using that you know single source of truth table using the data that we have captured and sometimes it's also important to and it's an important principle for both database as well as the principle of uh, you know um, normal human behavior you can't just expect people to hit five different data set, and they should not be building five different tables for the same thing uh so it's on you to figure out what data points need to, needed to be added to the existing table what data points uh, I, you know, built in a new table altogether, right? Uh, from an example I would give us, you are a retail company and suddenly you launch a new subscription program for some of your FMCG goods, right? Uh, the one way to look at it is like, I'm just going to have a separate table for everything to do with subscription. Fine, You can do that. But then tomorrow finance team is going to come to you and our leadership would come to you and ask you like, okay, what's the efficiency of different distribution centers? Uh, based on the subscription volume, like where am I shipping more stuff from? And if you have a separate database, then it's gonna take some time versus what you would have done is like, you would have ingested those data into your main finance table as well. So it's easier for people to draw insight, right? Then you're just like, okay, I have, you know, uh, five different distribution system. I'm working with like three different last mile logistic provider. And then let's let me see what the efficiency looks like across all of them for my different delivery type. So thinking about that is really, really crucial.
0: So you mentioned artificial intelligence and you mentioned having your data people involved. Can you talk a little bit about the roles and the technologies that you think organizations need to be able to maximize the insights from their retail data?
1: Uh, Sure. I think like the first thing which I talked about is like having it organized in the right way. So I like to call it like uh, this uh, analytics maturity level, right? First is like you have your data put together in the correct way. The next is like, are you able to draw insight from them? So like, are you able to see what's ha- what happened in the past? And can you make a assumption on, on top of it? The next is prescriptive analytics in which case you're building these models and the models are telling you like what would happen, right? And the last one is automate, like running it on autopilot. So you now take out the whole human behavior out of it. No one is telling you what happened. The models are running on its own. They're learning on its own. And then they are just sending signals to different products and you might see it uh, as a stakeholder in one of your dashboard, or you might just see it as an action on the website for the end consumer. Um, so, some of the key technologies that I feel, at least the stack that we use quite a lot at, at Shift Labs, and as well as we know it, is like uh, we use uh, Snowflake as our database house to capture all the data. We feel like it, it has evolved quite a lot as compared to other companies. And I've seen the growth of the companies, uh, especially Snowflake used to be my neighbor when I used to live in California. And we always used to wonder, like, you know, the company would they ever reach their full potential or not? But they've done like a 360 turn in the last few years uh, where they've become a large force in terms of how you capture and store the data. Uh, some of the capabilities that they have built, whether it's on being able to do some kick, uh inside and build like small dashboards versus like being able to share the data uh, within and outside of the company. Because that's also become important, right? As you grow, you want to be able to capture data from Nielsen and all that. You want to be able to capture data from supply chain. so. And with all the privacy rules that we have to face, we need to make sure that we're not having any leakage, right? So you can't expect people to drop the data into one drive or a Dropbox and download it from there. You need to share it in a more secure manner. The snowflake is a big component. Then uh, we use something called DBT. And that comes down to my point about capture everything and then worry about, you know, how I'm going to use it. So in the old world, it used to be ETL. Like extract, transform, and then load the data. We follow more of a ELT approach where you extract all the data that you can from different systems, you load into the, your data warehouse, and then now you transform it to make it in a meaningful data set that people can use. So, DBT comes handy into that uh, because using DBT, your data analytics team can build these tables on their own instead of relying on data engineering. Because, as we all know, data engineering is like a is uh, a resource that is very scarce right now. Like it's very, very tough to find uh, good data engineering talent. So DBT solved that problem for you. And then the last point, which I was mentioning, is like once you grow and once the systems evolve, then you want to make sure the systems are running on their own at a scheduled time. So take action, it learns from it. And for that, we use something called Airflow. It's a scheduler. Again, it's open source. You can deploy it on your own. And uh, you can run all the procedures, like refreshing with different data set. Firing a certain email to different people based on some anomaly and whatnot, you can do all that using, uh, using Airflow. And for uh, visualization, which is important thing, right? Like dashboard, again, my philosophy on the dashboard, they are very, very important data products. They're not just like, oh, just a BI team, you're gonna build a dashboard. If you're building a dashboard just because someone wants to feel good about looking at a dashboard, you're doing it all wrong. Uh, you need to build a dashboard in a way that people can understand about their business by just looking at it. And sometimes they should not even look into it every morning, right? Like as the data is growing, you might have 10 dashboards to look into when you start your day. Uh, you just can't do it. Like you can't go and, you know, go through those 10 metrics on each of these 10 dashboards every day. Uh, instead of that, you should be getting an alert when you're supposed to look into the dashboard. And for that reason, we like working with Looker, uh, which is our choice of business intelligence tool that allows you to create those dashboards it allow you to embed those dashboard into customer facing product as well. For example, if you're running a supply chain, you build a portal, which is going to be utilized by your external vendors who are supplying you all the goods or going to be utilized by last month delivery partner who are doing delivery for you. You can just use this dashboard that you are building for your team and embed into the application so they can also see what KPI you're measuring them against, right? So it's a continuous feedback for them rather than you having a review meeting end of the month and discussing what went wrong or what went right last month, but you already lost that 30 days, right? So how do you gain those 30 days? That's most important. Uh, so this is the stack we use. And then we use a uh, Google Vertex AI for all of our uh, machine learning ops uh, requirement. That's the tool we use to productionize all of our machine learning and data science model, whether it's recommendation system, whether it's figuring out like, uh, where should we, you know, source the order from every time an order comes in, uh, which particular DC the order should go from, or whether it's like uh, figuring out your in stock rate situation, building a prediction model to figure out your in stock rate based on a condition and the sales and whatnot. Uh, so you can you know, notify your vendors who okay, can then start shipping stuff to the warehouse where it's supposed to go to and instead of sending it to a central warehouse and then you're having an extra cost moving that uh, you know goods to another warehouse and so on and so forth.
0: Excellent. So along with those technologies, what are the roles that you see as critical?
1: Uh, so I think the roles, the number one role, as I say, like I kind of see that the analytics team and the role of the analytics team have evolved quite a lot in the last seven to eight years, right? Um, I remember when I went to grad school, so I went to Columbia in 2013, and at that time, no one Data science was still a budge word and people did not use to talk that highly about analytics. They used to talk about analytics, but not that much. Again, as I said, people are taking decisions based on the guts or some sort of a solution built by IBM or the world, which already are taking into account and building some pre-built dashboard. Uh, the reality is every business is different, right? Even if you're operating into a retail domain, like a, a Walmart is different than Target and Target is different than Petco and Petco is different than Petsmart. So you just can't like use the same tool and the same metrics and KPI and expect like, they're gonna be able to compete against each other. Yes, there are some benchmarks, but you have to have a separate benchmark based on the use case. So I think the analytics team, someone from the analytics team have to play a role in this from get-go and that's what we call it like a data products. In fact, during my time at Petco, i built a new called data products team, which was involved into working with these different stakeholders and uh, looking into these product, these dashboards and tables as more from the product lens. So you work with the different stakeholders, figure out what their requirements are. Then you work with the different analytics team, uh, whether it's pricing, assortment, uh, inventory, uh, you know, supply chain, or, or the marketing. I'm talking about retail world, right? These are the main components you focus on. Uh, you work with all of them to understand how would this new initiative would touch their point. But there has to be one centralized team which is Working and acting as a more of an internal consultant, as well as a program manager to run the entire thing and see it to fruition. And they partner with like you know product managers because product managers are going to be uh, looking into it from a from a tech lens. But a data person has to look into it from a from business lens, right? Like every data person that we I hired on my team, I always ask like, do you ever want to run your own company? The answer is just, yes, and I'll hire you because then you would be able to think about. Uh, five different things right like as a data person you can't be single dimensional like even if you focus only on pricing you need to understand what's going to be the impact of that on, on my supply chain if you just focus on supply chain you're trying to optimize supply chain to the t you need to understand like okay if supposed to model the marketing strategy of the company changes which would result in a lot of marketing spend in certain geographic area then all of this model will go out of the picture because then i will suddenly start seeing more traffic so having a centralized analytics team is crucial. And then those teams would work with this different stakeholders as far as the, the technology I talk about. So there's a data engineering team which play the role of getting the data from different sources and loading into Snowflake. After that, the analytics team worked with the data engineering team to build a single source of truth. So they use DBT to create the proof of concept table and whatnot and eventually hand it over the code back to the data engineering team and then they productionize it then you have a machine learning operations team, the like AMLOps team, which uses Vertex AI or something else uh, to productionize all these models. And the, the analytics team is important because they are the people who are also communicating with business stakeholders regularly to understand like, okay, this is the data we captured, is the KPI would still make sense or not. And being able to show that relevant insight to the business people. Uh, that's, that's how I see the different team and, and players playing the role uh, in any, any of the initiative.
0: So one of the things that a lot of organizations struggle with is that they've got silos. Sometimes it's their data that's in silos, but a lot of times it's the teams themselves and the org structure. Do you have any ideas or insights to offer as far as how organizations can fix these silos or at least bridge uh, the gaps between them, um, between the supply chain team or the product team, the data team and the other stakeholders? And are there things that you wish that your supply chain partners knew or did?
1: 100%. Uh, so I would take two examples, right? When I was uh, working at even a JET, it was a startup, but uh, still like we had different analytics team, different tech team, and everyone had working on their own silo. The pricing has this full stack approach. They have data people, they have analytics people and all that. And no one was reporting into the one person. Uh, when I started working for Petco as a consultant earlier in uh year before last, like right with the pandemic uh, there, uh, I think uh, the chief analytics officer now, uh, his name is Rakesh. Uh, he came in with an idea of like, we need to build a centralized team so that we can maximize the insight because having like different silo team lead to two things. One, as you mentioned, like the knowledge transfer becomes much more like, the amount of knowledge you share within different teams get like passed out at every passing person. Secondly, uh, you are actually, uh, you would see a lot of duplicate work. So the different team are working on the same work because they don't know what the other team is doing, right? And when I say duplicate work, I do not mean like exact work, but sometime in order to get, get to point A to Z, uh, to the team might be following the same path to get to T and then their path diverges. But like if can someone, if they can just, have one team focus on a to t and the other team then take it from there they can maximize uh, their uh, their potential they can shorten the time that it takes for them to generate insight or generate that uh, you know meaningful actionable model and whatnot so having the centralized data team really helps a lot um, i think the way that he did it and actually I'm i'm a big fan of his approach and i've seen uh, on my own, the changes that happen because of that approach is like having one centralized analytics team, which having the different component under it, and the team, different team knows exactly what's working on, and then there are different analytics stakeholders who are working with the different product slash business team. So, for example, inventory team is working with the supply chain team and the uh, you know uh, supply chain optimization team and figuring out like okay what data points are the capturing how are they optimizing their landed costs, right? Because supply chain team, it's important for them to know, uh, to optimize their spaces, but also at the same time, it's also important for them to know and optimize about where would I be sourcing my order from, or where I would be, you know, sending the shipment from. Uh, how do I optimize my landed costs? Lended costs mean like how much money it takes for me to get an item into my warehouse or my store. Uh, having that like team centralized working across and uh, the work all helps quite a lot. Uh, I've seen like at least efficiencies that they gained was uh, 20% or more in terms of just a dollar impact of having the one team. Um, And then um, other than that, this also leads to much more collaboration and like new ideas because then you can you you're freeing up people's time, right? Because in order to do any of this in any organization, especially with the data, there are a lot of things which are very similar, and everyone has to do it, and no one likes to do it. But if you have a dedicated team doing all the grunt work, which is what I was talking about, building this data tables and whatnot, then they partner with different analytics teams so they can focus on building more insight rather than having to worry about, oh, can I trust this data? Is this table actually, uh, you know, has the data that it says it has? So all those things can be resolved.
0: Very interesting. So in the beginning, you mentioned that you want to have the one version of the truth so that everyone is using that same fact, getting the same answers. And now you're also saying you want to have that one central team as well to to help with all that. Well, I really appreciate your sharing your insights with us and and your thoughts on this. And thank you very much for coming on our podcast, Sobit. Thank
1: you so much for having me here, Melissa.
0: Once again, I'm Marisa Brown. Thank you for joining us for this APQC podcast. Please go to apqc.org to learn more about our research and we hope you have a great rest of your day.